on today's episode, Tape 6, Tommy by The Who. Trust the Wizards present Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s. Before going on tour with his band, Guided by Voices, in 2001, Robert Pollard recorded his favourite records onto 62 double-sided cassettes. Music from 1966 to 1971, from the best-known bands of the era to obscure, unheard-of psychedelic curios. The Wizards are on a mission to listen to and explore every groove. Kicker and Chorizo invite you to turn off your mind, relax and float downstream as you listen to Robert Pollard's guide to the late 60s. Well hello, I'm Kicker of Elves and I'm here uh, to discuss the fourth Who album, Tommy, uh, with my fellow wizard, Chorizo Garbanzo. Good afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. The fourth um, album, yeah, and and uh, I'm going to go in early. The best. Well, the best who album. Well, well, we're, well we're, as we will discuss. As yeah. I would say it's the best who album that was released on the 23rd of May 1969. I'll give you that. Fair enough. And fair and, enough. and um, better than the uh, the film soundtrack. Of course, yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, well, that's not difficult. I mean, uh, you know, with the, with the, I'm sure we'll talk about the film as we go along. Uh, which I watched again just a couple of Did days you? ago in preparation for this. I have the feeling that I, I saw the film before I heard the whole of this album. I, I definitely saw the film before. I, I, I saw the film when I was quite young. It was on telly. Uh, mm. And uh, I remember watching it with the whole, my whole family, my uh, parents and my, me and my brother. We all sat down and watched it. I'm pretty sure it was like a Sunday afternoon as well. <laughs> Well, you know, fa- all, all good family yeah, fun. Family fun, and f- fortunately, I have no recollection of some of the less family-friendly moments of the film. <laughs> good. <laughs> they, well, they went over my head completely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm sure I saw the you film. Like this one, then. I, I, I mean, well, let, before we start thinking about the the songs, let's let's think. I put something up on Twitter actually, which uh, virtually nobody responded to, and I, I suppose it's because maybe I'm in a massive minority here. It's it's talked about as being a rock opera, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. the the rock opera, the example of a rock opera that's held up. But I don't really understand what the difference between a rock opera and a concept album is, um, in the sense that the songs kind of relate. They they tell a story. Is yeah. it operatic? It, I mean, it doesn't seem to be to me. The only thing that would make it operatic, I would think, is the, the sort of the the returning musical themes so so yes. those those the fact that you for example um see me hear me all that bit yeah comes up about three times doesn't yeah. it um there are two quite lengthy um instrumental bits instrumental where, where the songs join are all joined together there's little excerpts of lots and they do yeah. actually work quite well together but uh, for me it's it's not i mean i hate opera mm. it's well it's it, it's not an opera because it's not no. it's not got a, a it doesn't uh you know, there's no visuals. It's got no set. It's got no, and there's not so any. So why is it a rock opera? I mean, why, why, why don't we talk about it as a concept album? Is it because there is a story? Is it, well, according to the the sleeve notes and the CD, um, a, a few years before this album, uh, Pete Townsend played a tape of a of a song he'd written, uh, which uh, was a ten minute song repeated with lots of high pitched uh, voices in it. Well, that sounds like an opera. Uh, and uh, the manager said, um, it's a rock opera, when they all laughed. They all thought this was hilarious. 
Um, and but then uh, Kit Lambert, their manager, said, "Now that's an idea," and and that's where the phrase rock opera came from. Uh, I mean, no operatic singing in it. Well, thankfully not. No. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah it would be more like a sort of song cycle, I, I guess. Well, why yeah. isn't it a concept film? I mean, well, con- it, well, it is. It is, isn't it? I mean, hmm. it's, it is. It's yeah. it's what we've described before when we've talked about certain other albums. It's a high concept album because whoever came up with the concept must have been high. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it's pretty weird, isn't it, the concept? But uh... I mean, I think, I think it does tell a tale. I, I mean, I would say that I think if you if there had been no film made, mm-hmm. I think it, it may be. Let's let's be kind and say it's open to uh, interpretation what the story might be. Yes. because there, is, there are certainly key bits of the story that appear in the film. Exactly, that aren't really in song. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. The the the, the film does not make that much sense it, it but it makes a lot more sense story wise that and it fills in some of the gaps and it and, uh, and yeah and it clarifies it so go on what do you think what do you think the story is what what's going on well it's it's the story for me it's a story of i mean on the face of it i think i think there are two levels of story here because on the face of it it's a story of of tommy walker mm-hmm. right? whose father dies uh, yeah. in the war yeah, um, and then who seemingly witnesses something horrendous? Yeah, and and goes into his shell, which forms this this deaf, dumb, and blind kid. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the song is is basically about his his enlightenment and his his coming back into the world, um, and actually the the fact that he he's he's able to 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 feel things. Yeah. Is, is, is this vibrations great... yeah vibrations that's right yeah. so, so and, and i think that the pinball is is kind of a, a red herring i don't think it's about that i think it's about vibes man yeah uh, and uh and then there's there's all sorts of the, the the followers that he gets and it all goes a little bit tits up towards <laughs> the end um but he's he's kind of freed himself of all his his negativity and all the, the stuff that, that forced forced him to be this this withdrawn person. Now that, that on the face of it is that I think it's more to do with uh, society, and, and actually I don't think it's that different to the Wall. By I know one of your favourite bands, Pink Floyd. Uh, I think it's the same idea about this this sort of separation of self from society and then breaking down the barriers. I, I know nothing. I know nothing of about the wall so I, I can't comment on that so never seen it never heard the album uh don't particularly like pink floyd as we will as we will find out in a few episodes time i think um yeah i, I think am i, I right I mean, would you yeah, agree no, with no i'd agree with i'd agree with all of that um the, uh, where it is for for townsend at the time i think it's also a kind of rejection of psychedelics a rejection of drink and drugs a little bit um, mm. And the whole sort of narrative of, sort of worship or icons or, or idols and followers, which mm. I think he feels as a as a musician who's standing on a stage and you know people are are dedicated to him and uh, following him, and he obviously feels uncomfortable. He uh, there's there's certainly allegories to all kinds of religions in there as well. Um, well- and around the time that he was doing, he was with the the Baba, the Baba what's his Meher face? Meher Baba, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was following the, the teachings of the guru Meher Baba, indeed. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely in there. That's definitely in there. It's him 
seeing some. Uh, there's also, I think, the theme of reality and reality not being real, uh, and uh, yeah, our perception being... of reality not being real. Values that society has of not not being real, and and I also think there's some anti-capitalist stuff in there. Uh, in, uh, the fact that it's it's open to interpretation allows for all this, doesn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think there is. If there, if there was a clear, clearer yeah. uh, storyline, I think it, it wouldn't be as interesting in some ways because I think the fact that it, could, it can be seen on lots of different levels is is good. And yeah. and I think the other thing that that I don't know if it's in those sleeve notes that you've got in front of you, but it wasn't. I, I vaguely remember reading somewhere that that. Townsend was was keen to to make sure that the songs were strong enough to stand alone outside any sort of narrative. Right, right. Uh, and I, I don't know how successful he is in that actually. Um, but we, we can talk about that a little bit yeah. later. But, but yeah. I think that so so because of that, presumably the links and the the transitions between the songs and the storyline is 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 less certain because he's more interested in writing what he would perceive as, a, as an interesting better song than the necessary filling in the, the narrative gap uh, well I, I think what, what what you say about the song, writing songs that will stand alone this is not and it, as I said, already said at the, at the start this is an album I really 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 love it's, mm. and it's an album that I listen to as an album I very rarely would put on individual songs from it uh, yeah. Although I would dispute the 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 often it's often said of this album that there are no great standalone songs on it, which I I don't agree with. I think there's there's quite a few. Uh, I think there are three. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, well, we'll come on to that. And just one more thing from the sleeve notes about sort of the subject matter. It yeah. says here uh, this is from the the CD uh, reissue. Uh, it says here that um, well, it's uh, the story covers murder, trauma, bullying, child molestation. Murder? Who gets murdered? Hang on a minute. Murder. Well, the, the Captain Walker, didn't he? At the beginning. Oh, is that he, murder? We shot him, killed in the war. He didn't hear. No, no, he was. He was. I don't. I think what happens is he wasn't killed in the war. They thought he was killed in the war, and then he actually was injured in the war, and he turns up, and the um, the the mum's lover kills him. So nineteen twenty one. That's that's the that's the the death of him. Yeah, the and then and then they say you didn't hear anything, you didn't see anything, you say nothing uh, to nobody uh, ever in your life, and uh, then I, he's uh, not actually physically deaf, dumb, and blind. He's, well, he's no, voluntarily obviously. deaf, dumb, and blind, or or, or becomes it because Sorry. of because of that trauma. Uh, anyway, I'm still going on the list here: murder, trauma, uh, bullying. Murder. Uh, I I think so. Yeah, although I'll come back to that when we get to the end. Murder, trauma, bullying, child molestation, molestation sex, drugs, illusion, delusion, altered consciousness, spiritual awakening, religion, charlatanism, success, superstardom, faith, betrayal, rejection and pinball. Yes, and I, I think in many ways the least important of those, as you've already said, is, is pinball. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's those. This is in the notes, but apparently the uh, the introduction or the the inclusion of that that song, Pinball Wizard, uh, was to get in favour with some American uh, music journalist, Nick Cohen, was it? Nick Cohn. Nick Cohn. Um, yeah. who, who famously was a, a big pinball fan, yeah. didn't like what he heard initially from this record so they shoved in a song about pinball uh, to make him like it and give him good reviews yes. which 
does suggest it was added on towards yeah, the exactly. end. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it says in, in the sleeve notes that uh, Townsend said, I, I, I knocked it off, he didn't think it was very good. Oh, my God, I'm embarrassed. It sounds like a music hall song. Uh, and he went back to the studio and straight away everyone in the studio said, that's going to be a hit. But well, he, he didn't particularly like it. Uh, yes, very much written to order to please this journalist, Nick Cohen, who, who liked playing pinball. Well, I'm really yeah. glad it's on there because I, I would say that I've got it on... I used to have it on, on record, but it was one of those records that's been sold over the, the length of my record-collecting uh, lifetime. And so I now, I now have a CD version of it. But it, it referring to the, the record, so it's a double album. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed to me... It worked out quite well. There seemed to be a song on every side of the double album that I thought was really good. Yeah. There's a lot of songs that I, I could do without, and so I'm going to disagree with you on, in terms of how great it is as, a, as an overall thing. But basically, on every side, there's something worth hearing, and, and Pinball Wizard is definitely one of those, um, and it would be a much lesser album for me without it. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the songs you... I've, I suspect the songs you're referring to, where which you could do without, are the little snippets in between, the little short ones like, you know, Miracle Cure, Extra, Extra... Oh, yeah, well, I don't even count them. But they're just bits to go and join the no, story. No, 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 I, I mean, there are songs I don't particularly like. OK, OK, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, right, so um, I think that it's an important album in the... Evol- what I think is it, it's an important album in the evolution of The Who as well... Because we talked on the last podcast about how the Who uh, musicianship is, you know, Moon is uh, Moon is an amazing drummer, just about the best drummer around of the of the of his contemporaries. Entwistle's the you know the best guitar, the best bass player, and uh, Townsend uh, certainly, even though he doesn't um, necessarily show it all the time with lead guitar because he's holding down the rhythm, but he's the best rhythm guitarist of, of the time. But I think it's this album and the tour after it where Daltrey becomes something a bit more than just a another vocalist in a, in a sixties band. This is where he, he he becomes the 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 the, the fantastic vocalist that he is. This is this also where he starts to 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 wear his uh, tassel jacket and his yes. his bare chested yeah. in performance? And is is this a long way from what he looked like? you know my generation type exactly uh, yeah. god he's yeah. he's become a, a rock legend doesn't he a rock god type yeah and he become he's become that sort of screaming yelping daltry that that you know and if that if that transition hadn't happened then you wouldn't have had the you know the the guy who made who's next which know, is uh, the best album. i i that's why i said it because i know that's your favorite um <laughs> uh yeah so so he, he kind so. of became that on the back of Tommy, which is why I think he's always very positive about Tommy when he because that was kind of like his, him becoming the guy he is today. Do you yeah. think? Do you think as much as as much as the, the obviously the the songs lend themselves to that for for him and he's he's obviously got into it's the film really isn't it that's 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 done that. When was the film made? I think was it, the, was I, it made? the film's made about seventy five. I think. So quite okay. a long time after. I I, mm. I don't think it was the film. I think it was the, the, the live performances of Tommy. Yeah, OK. Uh, and, and I used to have a, a VHS. Uh, part of the reason why I really, really love this this album, it, it comes from the VHS I had of um, The Who at the Isle of Wight Festival 1970, mm. recorded, I think, the day before I was born, I think, um, and, which is an amazing performance, uh, plus the... You know the the double CD version of um, Live at Leeds when they when they play all of it, 
There's also yeah. a Live at Hull one from the same tour now. And the deluxe edition of Tommy has a live in, I think it's in Ottawa. And sure. they're all great, all of them. Yeah. The, the live yeah. versions of Tommy are exceptional. And obviously they're a bit rough around the edges, so they don't sound quite as good as the actual album. But in terms of daughtery uh, performance, it's, 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 it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's fair, where he starts I mean, all the microphone swinging and all that, you know, all, all the microphone swinging around. Isn't he? I mean, he, he is. He is great throughout. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the the, the two instrumentals. That sort of the, the well. I mean, I think there's three actually on there. But yeah. Uh, Overture and underture. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Overture, which which obviously kicks us off, gives us little snippets of I don't know seven or eight of the tracks, something yes. like that. Yeah. Um, I think I think it works really well. I think it's a really great way to to lead you in. It, that is kind of operatic, I suppose, in in the sense that it's giving you all that little taste of what what's to come. Yes. Um, but I thought it was remarkably coherent. The other one, though, the under underture, which is about ten minutes long. Christ, that's boring. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's basically sparks and underture are essentially this more or less the same song, aren't they? Um, so what's uh, the point of underture then? Because it just seemed to be a, a complete filler. Right. I, I quite like it, but again, it's really good in the live versions. It's really, really good, because it's just Townsend going crazy and, and freaking out, and it's from a guitarist's point of view, it's great, it's great to watch. Um, yeah, and on the album, it's not, it's not a, a favourite bit, but I certainly, I certainly wouldn't skip it myself. No. But it's ten minutes long in it, so I can see why. It, is, why uh, it doesn't do anything for me, but the, but the overture works. But, and then in terms of sparks, see, that for me, that I, I would... I would consider that part of uh, Amazing Journey. I think that's one song. The way, I mean, it certainly leads into the into yes. it, doesn't it? Yeah. Break. Um, and if you consider that as one song, that's a, that's a great, great part of the first side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've had 1921, we've had, which which is um, a really good call response bit in there. Yeah. Almost, almost romantic, which is weird because you think it's a murder. I think it's some sort of a, a attack. Um, there are nefarious goings on there, but it's quite a, presented as quite a, a romantic song, I think. But that, that's that's great. But Amazing Journey is ace. I, I really like that. And, yeah. and if you can say Amazing Journey and Sparks is one song, that would be my favourite song from that from that side. Isn't it picking up as well some of the uh, the stuff that we looked at last time from is it from Rail? Is, is it the same sound? Is it the same song, or is it just a variation on it? Well, the, the, the bit, It's a Boy, Mrs. Walker, that comes from Glow Girl, which is one of the bonus tracks on the Who Sell Out. And, yeah, Sparks. Yeah, ding, Sparks. Ding, 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 ding. That's in Rail, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. it's exactly the same, right? It's, it's, it's exactly the same. It's better here, I think. It sounds better. The recording of it is better. And the production's mm. better. Uh, I prefer this version by quite a long way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really love Christmas. Uh, oh, that's the next sign. Yeah. To be... Yeah, and, and I... the Hawker then, so you're not bothered about... Nah, uh, no, I don't, yeah. I don't, that's, uh, the, that's not one of my favourites, but uh, again, I wouldn't skip it. Um, the version in the film with Clapton, I mean, it's, it's a great video, because it's, it's where they have all those Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe uh, figures. It's brilliant in the film, uh, but Clapton's version is rubbish. Um, yeah, and, it would be. Uh, and, yeah, this version's better, um, but, uh, yeah... It, 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 no, it, I agree. The, the, flip the flip the record over. Christmas, yeah, that that's classic. The classic Who sound, isn't yes. it? Yeah. 
really. And also um, has the first the first instance of the see me feel me, right? Which is a great well. bit. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's just it's that the, the the story is beginning to make a bit more sense there. I think. Yes, true. Uh, um, well, in my notes here, I've discovered it's almost gospel. Yeah. yeah. How can he be saved, Ben? Yeah. 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 Um, but they, that's definitely a strong song. And then, and then, you don't. I bet you don't yeah. like Cousin Kevin, do you? No. Well, why would you like it? I mean, it's, it, I just, I was thinking, you know, the, what sort of person would you have to be to put either Cousin <laughs> Kevin or fiddle about? I'll put that on a on a mix for you know, me, mate. Do you know what sort of person? You should know this by now. We've done three Who albums. John Entwistle. Yes. That's the sort of person because he wrote both those songs. Um, yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, fiddle about. I could. You know, it's 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 necessary for the story, um, but yeah. it's um, it, it's not a particularly great song. It does it does what it's setting out to I do mean, very well. Cousin Kevin, I just love the harmonies. The vocal harmonies on it are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I, it's it's not my favourite song by any means, but uh, well, well, the only thing that pleases me about Fiddle About is um, I, I read somewhere that uh, the. I don't know if it's the last live live performance of, of Tommy, but it, I mean they, they brought it back in the two thousands at some point. Right. And and your mate Phil Collins uh did fiddle about. <laughs> did he? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I I I have no further comment on that. Um, <laughs> I say yeah. your mate Phil Collins and and I'm gonna send I'm gonna put this on the maybe I won't put it on the blog, but I'll I'll send you a picture. I've got I found a picture of Phil Collins in a QPR shirt. How about that? Uh, he's his 70th birthday today. Yeah, Phil Collins is uh, famously cla- claimed to be a, QP- a QPR fan in the 70s, and then mm. later he, he, I think he switched to Tottenham. <laughs> sums him up, really, doesn't it? It sums up. to be a fan of the man. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't like any of those songs, and I, yeah, okay, part of the story, but no, no, why would I want to listen to that again? No thanks. Yeah, I think in, in the in the. What it shows in the in in the in the story is that these um, these these terrible things that happened to Tommy, uh, the the witnessing the death near the start. The, if it is, the, I, mean, I don't think that's that's clear cut. I mean, that's your view of it. I don't think it's a uh, clear cut. It, well, when, when, it's it's not just my view of it. It's, it's obviously influenced by the film. In the film, uh, they kill Robert Powell, it, Tommy's dad. He comes back from the war. They. They thought he was Jesus. Yes, they thought he was dead. He comes back from the war, and Oliver right. Reed and Anne Margaret kill him. Now, right, Ta- Townsend, has, Townsend has said that on on the record, it wasn't clear right. who got killed, and it's it could be read either way as either the the dad comes home and they kill the lover, or the the um, the the dad comes home and they kill the dad. And he says, having seen the way they've done it in the film it does need to be the dad in order for it to be extra traumatic to Tommy. Because mm. well, I mean, Yeah, OK. Because yeah. there's, 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 there's me and him, isn't it? It's going to be a great year, but not with me and him or, or yes. whatever. So there's yeah. an extra person, that's definitely true. OK. But whether he died or not, fine. OK, let's, yeah. let's go murder. Yeah, 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 yeah. OK, fine. But, but so Cousin Kevin, the abuse by... The physical abuse by Kev, Cousin Kevin, the sexual abuse by um, Uncle Ernie and, yeah. the, and the trauma of that... That all makes for when he's looking in the mirror in the film and he gets these three different versions. After each one of these things, a different version of him appears and then they kind of merge together and mm. make the colour version of, of Tommy, the full, the full version. It's almost like they're saying, well, these, these things are what made Tommy what he is now. Um, uh, and uh, I think that's a very important part of the film. 
not okay. maybe not so, quite so much on the album. The music, um, the, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Fine. Don't need to listen to it. What we what we now know about Townsend and his own childhood, yeah. you can see why he put it in. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But uh, I don't have to like it. Yeah. Uh, I did Queen, uh, which I note that Dylan mentions as a song and "Murder Most Foul." I don't know if you ever did. You hear that? He's, he's, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he name checks the uh, Acid Queen, doesn't he? Oh right. Um, I I always thought I liked that song. Yeah. But uh, listening to him to again now, maybe I've heard it too much. Right. Uh, maybe I preferred Tina Turner doing it. I, although I doubt that. Um, she does a pretty it, decent version in the film, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it didn't, didn't, it wasn't all that for me. I mean, it's, okay. it's all right. Okay. Um, so not as great as I remember, frankly. But it, it's not about necessarily about acid, right? It's uh, and drugs. No. It's, it, it no. could be more metaphorical than that. I think. I think it's about it's about drugs generally. It's about drink. It's about mm. all the temptations. It's about sex uh, because obviously the the, the in the film. He's given drugs. The, the, all the all the injections are coming in, but I always thought until I noticed that that, that she's just taking his virginity. That's what's right. happening in that in that scene, uh, and 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 it makes total sense as that if you take out the acid and just say right, well, the boy won't be a boy no more. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you like that song? Do you like that one? Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favourites. Yeah, really like Acid Queen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're on to Pinball Wizard, pretty much, aren't we? Uh, which is which is fantastic, and 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 I haven't tired of hearing that. No, no, uh, it's 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 really good, um, and uh, the intro is fantastic. I love the, the the sort of running, ding 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 the B, and all those chords formed over over that running B is fantastic, and obviously the the um, that bit. Everybody loves yeah. that bit, don't they? <laughs> don't well, and it's, it's the combination of acoustic and electric guitar, which which I think forms the basis of basically all the music I like. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and just a little nod to Robert Pollard here because he's, yes. he's the reason we're doing yeah. it. Uh, that's that sort of combination of sounds is is heard a lot in Guided by Voices. Yeah, the, the fast strummed. Well, quickly strummed acoustic guitar with uh, ele- distorted electric guitar over the top of it, doing all sorts of interesting things. Yeah, um, yeah, no, brilliant song, brilliant song. Yeah, I mean, not my favourite Who song actually, but probably top five. Right. Yeah, it's probably not. I mean, it's 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 one of my favourites on this album, but it wouldn't be my favourite. But uh, yeah, uh, then we get onto the bit where where the the part of the story where Tommy kind of is now an adult and is mm. kind of beginning to gain some confidence and sort of strike back against the the people of well some of the people that have done done him done him disservice well he, meet, uh, he meets jack nicholson doesn't he yes indeed yeah but but the the they go to the mirror and the tommy can you hear me and smash the mirror apart and then the sensation which where he is he's become somehow he's become this sort of celebrity through the pinball playing basically um, yeah. and now he's become this this amazing you know sensation you know uh, which I think is a really clever song because it's talking about the senses and you know all that stuff, uh, and I, I really like that. It's just a uh, that, that run from from go to the mirror boy, Tommy, can you hear me? Smash the mirror sensation. Would you say that's your highlight of this album? No, no, I don't really like the song Tommy, can you hear me? I don't really mm. like that one very much. It's the, it's, it's the, yeah, but the, but yeah, go to the mirror, smash the mirror, sensation, and I'd say also all to the rest of the album. Mm. Yeah. 
all through the rest of the album. Sally Simpson, I think, is a great song, uh, mm. and and would stand totally on its own. Could be a song. On, it could be a song on um, on the Who Sell Out. It would fit in with Odorono and Marianne with the Shaky Hand because it's a character song that, and it's not about Tommy. It's the only real song on the album that it, where Tommy is not the main person in it. He's a kind of side character. It's yeah. it's definitely a story that takes Sally from the beginning to the end. Um, I think the vocals on that are, are particularly good. I think the, yeah. the, the, the way it's delivered is great. But, yeah, see, I, it's kind of lost me a little bit, this album, at this point. So right. that, that, that run that you really like, I, yeah. I find quite, quite dull. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know, if, again, because I've listened to it too much, but I, I sort of stopped listening around there. So Go to the Mirror Boy, I... I I like a particular because it's here. Here we get the second "see me, feel me" refrain bit comes back again, doesn't it? Yeah. And listening to you bit, that's that's brilliant. Um, but then after that, yeah, there's a sort of a funny little country tune with "Tommy, can you hear me?" And then yeah, "Smash the Mirror" is just so literal. Yes. Yeah. And but, and so you actually hear "Smash Glass." Yes. Yeah, and and you know the rise, rise, rise with the rising notes, and you just think, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I take your point, yeah. What, 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 about sensation. what about sensation and Sally Simpson? You're not not fussed about those two either. Not really, no. Right. Uh, I yeah. mean, I like the, the song that comes after that. I think that's that. Now, now we're talking. I'm free. Brilliant. Yeah, it is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think you should go back and listen to Sensation and Sally Simpson some more. Mm. Uh, I, I really do because I, 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 I can see what you I see what you say about Smash the Mirror but uh, I think you're missing you're missing out if you're not giving <laughs> if you're not giving Sensation and Sally Simpson a, a really good listen yeah, um, fair, fair enough but I'm, I'm free this is this is where we're we're back to that's great there. yes you see that's yeah. the song that works in fact see I noticed that the 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 three songs I really like we may as well go there now from yeah. what I'm going to before we get to the end they're all the sing- it's the singles it's the singles that so, I really like. Well, so well, I'm, I'm free was a single, right? See me, feel me, all all singles. Say that again, sorry. So Pinball Wizard, I'm free, and see me, feel me were all released as singles. Ah, and yeah. They're my favourite bits of the album. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, wasn't Acid Queen also a single? Maybe I'm not sure. It might it might have been. I'm not, I, Maybe maybe on the back of the film, but I don't think it's released at the same time here. I might be wrong. See but, me, feel but... me was a single after, because 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 they um, they 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 sing that in the Woodstock movie, and it was very popular. So that it was a single. I think possibly only a single in the USA, but it was a single. You're you're quite right. Um, mm. Which is weird because it's not even a standalone song no, no. on the album, is it? Definitely one of the best bits. But I guess if if maybe if they did. The whole of we're not going to take it, and then see me feel me listening to you, all of that. It's like seven minutes long or something, isn't it? So maybe it wouldn't fit on a single. Don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I've jumped. I've jumped ahead of there. But I'm free. I really like. And then, then the end of the album. Well, you see, the thing is with that, with that is uh, that doopy doopy doo bit, which is the welcome song, which yeah. which actually does sound like it's in, from a musical, which is there, therefore rubbish. Um, <laughs> then we've got Tommy's Holiday Camp, which is. The only good bit of that is the welcome at the end, which is which is very good. The rest of it's nonsense. And yes. then the, the final song is good. I like I like the final song, but mostly because of the see me feel me bit. Yeah, I'll just go back to Tommy's holiday camp for a minute. No. Yes, obviously that I don't particular. I'm not saying that's a, a masterpiece or anything. Again, it's important for the story. 
uh, very important yes. for the story. But also, uh, the, 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 it's Keith Moon, I think, singing, isn't it, on that one? And the, you, the, the end of each chorus, we go to the holiday lasts forever! That's amazing. That is quite funny. That, that is brilliant. It's, it's fantastic. That bit. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I would happily sing along to it. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's completely, completely mental. Yeah. And, uh, but then, I guess, if he's... Well, in in the film, at least that's that's um, the horrible Uncle Ernie from earlier on, who's singing that, uh, driving up a hill on some kind of motorised Hammond organ, you know, a fairground organ thing. It's very bizarre. And w- w- the bit where I said before about the anti-capitalist part, where it's sort of about the no, the not take it anymore. Is that that? Yeah, okay. this is this is the end part of the album where that comes in because I think it's Townsend as somebody who's definitely somebody who thinks a lot about art and you know and and thinks a lot about making the statements and and he would have been troubled by commercialism in in his line of work uh, and he he's then talking about right. Well, here comes Uncle Ernie to take you to your very own machine. So so the cult of Tommy has now become. There's a load of people on the outside who are who are using Tommy as a cash cow to to kind of make a mint. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uncle Ernie being one. Tommy's Tommy's holiday camp. All the people who've started up Tommy's holiday camp. And then I think the chorus is where they where they're saying we're not going to take it. Is Tommy's followers somehow rejecting that? I think. Well, uh, reject, well, you know, sort of rejecting sobriety, maybe, and uh, or re- rejecting, you know, or maybe it's Tommy rejecting it. Um, uh, because then it goes back into the purer. So no, I don't want. You know, it's like it's all, it reminds me a bit of life of Brian, where Brian near the end is kind of saying, "No, you don't. You don't. I don't want you to follow me. You know, <laughs> you you are all individuals. You don't need to follow me. You don't need to follow anyone." And they're all going, "Follow the gourd. Follow the shoe." And you know, and, and I think it's a little bit like that. Tommy's trying to say I, that. I've I'd seen it as definitely followers. Yeah. Reject, rejecting. The, the you know the, the head guru um, and basically getting the idea of, of, of so you can get sucked into a cult um, but then you realize that the, the cult isn't anything other than a, a means of making money for somebody exactly and so yeah. you, you want to, you want to get out and I think that that's how I see it. it's just, it's just an escape from from yeah. the cult Tommy or whatever, the cult of perhaps capitalism then maybe is... is, is or commercial, commercialisation of, of art. Or, yeah, or, but it, it's a good song. I, I do like it, I have to say. It's, it's a good, strong ending for me. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant ending. Uh, and, and obviously the See Me, Feel Me, listening to you, that it goes into is, uh, you know, the, the only way you could end this album. I yeah. Think, with, with, and with that. The, 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 one of the highlights, if not the highlight of, of live performances, I think. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, uh, they did it at the um, 2012, uh, the closing ceremony of the 2012 London Olympics, there, where they played, I think, Won't Get Fooled Again, and and, and that. Yeah, right. Not, okay. not We're Not Gonna Take It, just the See Me, Feel Me, Listening to You bit. And yeah. it was great. Yeah. yeah. So so I've kind of, I've given away my, my favourite songs from the album, so uh, Pinball Wizard, I'm Free, See Me, Feel Me. I, I would also include... Christmas there as part of See Me, Feel Me, um, and we're not going to take it as part of See Me, Feel Me as well. What were yours then? I mean, uh, you like... My favourites then would be uh, Christmas, The Acid Queen, uh, Sensation, and we're not going to take it, including the See Me, Feel Me 
bit. Um, but, you know, I said before about I don't very often put on individual songs from this album to listen to them in isolation, but Overture I actually do, so I'd probably have to include Overture as well. Because nice. uh, a, a bit like the, the instrumental bit from Quadrophenia, which is my favourite bit in Quadrophenia. Is well, that. Now, we're, now we're talking proper albums. I mean, it's, 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 we're coming to the end. We, we will give this a, a mark out of 10 shortly. But I think it, it, it's interesting. We've, we've listened to second, third and fourth albums, haven't we, by the way? Yes, list? yeah. And, and in, in lots of ways, uh, they're becoming more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily the records that I would listen to more, but actually they go on to make the two records that I like best. So, so my two favourite Who albums are Who's Next and Quadrophenia. Those are the two that I would choose to put on. I think rather are, than are they the one. next two that they made after this? Then I'm not sure. I, uh, yeah, maybe. I think, I think they probably are. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. I think um, I think who's who's next? You probably you're probably right. I don't know. Uh, I, I obviously I like those albums very much as well. But as I said at the at the very start, this this is my favourite Who album, uh, and I love all the, all the paraphernalia around it as well. The, the you know the live versions. I was very disappointed actually. I, I went to see, um, you know, in in two thousand and seventeen, I, I saw the Who in two thousand when John, S- John Entwistle was still alive at Wembley Arena, and it was a very much a great hit show, and it was fantastic. But apart from Pinball Wizard, they didn't play anything off, um, off uh, this album, and they didn't play anything at all off the Who Sell Out. Um, uh, it was very much the singles kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and then in 2017, uh, they, did a, they announced a tour which was called Tommy and More, and they said they were going to play the whole of Tommy, and I really wanted to go. But then I looked at the prices for the Liverpool Echo Arena and I thought, yeah, it, it was really, really... Hundreds? Really, I don't know if it was hundreds, but it was... I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but it was mm. more than 50 quid, which I don't really think is... Especially for an arena gig. You know you know my feelings on arena gigs. So I decided mm. not to go. But mm. then uh, I think it was postponed because Daughtry had, was ill or something. It was postponed. And then my mate Martin and his wife Liz, who'd bought two tickets, and on the new date, Liz couldn't go. So Martin said, do you want to go? So I did end up going. But yeah. by that point, they played a couple... They played about two or three gigs on the show where they had played the whole of Tommy with a few, a few hits at the start, a few hits at the end, and then the, mid, the whole of Tommy. And then they decided that they, um, they, it hadn't gone, they, they didn't want to do that for the rest of the tour. So um, uh, because I guess it maybe hadn't gone down that well. Um, but people wanted to hear the hits. Mm. I didn't. I wanted to hear no. Tommy. <laughs> um, so I was actually pretty disappointed. They did do a section in the middle of the show where they played, you know, seven or eight songs from Tommy. But I, I really would have liked to hear... And did it work? I mean, what they did, did it work? Did I it thought work? it was the best bit of the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but I really, you know, being such a devotee of that Isle of Wight video, I wanted that... If they played the whole of that set for the Isle of Wight video... Um, yeah. Then uh, yeah, I know that um, as as I've mentioned before on on our other podcast, I, I am a former member of a few different tribute bands, and as as a, as a consequence of that, I have seen a lot of tribute bands on the on the circuit over the years. The best one I've ever seen are a band called Who's Who, uh, who are still going. Uh, they've been going for for since the nineties, and uh, they do um, they sometimes play the whole of Tommy. Yeah. Oh, right, so okay. I, I, I I've never seen them do that. But uh, so the, uh, the the version of the Who that you you saw not do the whole of Tommy that only Daltrey and Townsend. Then, it was only it? Daltrey and Townsend. Um, <laughs> it was I think it was certainly the first time I saw him. It was Zach Starkey, Ringo's son, was on drums yeah. for him, and John it was 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 still there. Well, the first time I saw him. The second time I saw him, 
I don't know if it was Zach Starkey. It might have been someone else. Well, I mean, it probably was Zach Starkey. Uh, and it was a guy called Pino Palandino on bass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's, um, who I only really know. He's a session musician, but he did this, a farty, fretless bass on Paul Young's No Parlay album. That's what I know him for. Um, That's what you want to hear. That's what, that's... Yeah. Thankfully, he didn't, make, he didn't make any of those weird noises. Very, very different version of, of Boris the Spider with that on it. Yes. No, he did a good job, to be fair. He did a good okay. job. But, uh, All right, well, so are you giving it a 10, Tommy? Well, uh, I've thought a lot about this. And um, if we were talking about the whole package, as in the, the Tommy the album, Tommy the film, which is in my you know, top 20 films of all time, not just musical films, all films, you know, mm-hmm. it, it genuinely is. I love it. I absolutely love it. And as I said, I watched it a few days ago and I thought I wouldn't like it as much, but I loved it. Um, uh, did Mrs Garbanzo watch? No, she didn't, no um, So if we were talking about the album, the film And all the various live versions I think I would probably be giving it a 10 But mm. what I'm thinking here is we, as, as we discussed on our very first episode We are now getting to the end of the albums On the Pollard list that I actually know there's, there's, mm. We've only got about three or four more albums in the whole of the rest of the tapes we're listening to that are albums I actually know. But there is one, and only one, that I really also really, really, really love. Mm. And I probably love it a little bit more than Tommy. Ooh. So I'm thinking I might give this nine and a half. <laughs> but also what I'm thinking is, what if there's an album that I've never heard yet that I yeah. listen to on this on this podcast, and I like it even yeah. more than this. I mean, that seems. Well, I, I, I think there might be, and I think the bit might begin with a B and a G. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, um, so I'm, I think I'm going to have to give it nine and a half. Give me nine and a half. But that is See, a strong score. That is a, well. That's the highest that we've you've you've given by quite right. some distance. So you're, you're putting that above. The See, everything. I, I I'm putting I it above, say... above everything. It's my favourite album. Uh, it's it. You remember a few years ago for the for the. Um, Website, we all each chose our 50 favourite albums and there was only oh, yeah. two that were from the 60s that were in my whole foot 50. And this was one of them and the other one that we're going to speak about in a few weeks was the other. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to bring the average down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think I like it as much as uh, some of the, 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 the previous two albums that we've looked at. Um, I would say the Who Sell Out I prefer to this. I was I'm erring between a six and a half and a seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which uh, so I'm going to give it. I'm I'm going to give myself a little. I mean I I do like those three songs very much, but three songs on a double album it's not great. No, is it? there's yeah. 24 songs on it, so fair enough. Fair enough. So I'm going to give uh, it a six and a half. I'm give it a six okay. And a half. Okay. Uh, I, I interestingly enough, I've done a little straw poll over the last couple of weeks of uh, lots and lots of my friends and family. Uh, and I've discovered that I, I am the only person out of everybody I've asked whose favourite Who album is Tommy. Which yeah, I, well, I, you are, I think you're, you are strange in that way. <laughs> I was quite surprised. But, I mean, it's, it's quite an acclaimed album, isn't it? But, but not, not, not any other single person I've asked has, yeah. has picked Tommy as their favourite album. No. Which is I thought was quite interesting. How many people have, have, would have chosen Who's Next? I bet that's the one that's... Uh, I think most people. I think most people I asked chose Who's Next and, 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 a, couple, and a few quadrophenias. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because that is correct. that's the correct answer. <laughs> um, anyway, so we, well, we, we've enjoyed listening to it. Uh, you more so than me, but it's, it's been a good one. We're actually going to move on to a, what is definitely a concept album. 
next, but oh. we're moving away from your comfort zone. Um, and next time round, we're going to look at a couple of albums by The Pretty Things. Yeah. Um, which I think you're going to like, but we'll see. I've we'll never see. heard them. No, I've never, yeah. I'm, as far as I know, I've never heard The Pretty Things, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay. okay. Right, well, thank you very much for bringing your knowledge of the film and all Tommy paraphernalia to the podcast. Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s is a Trust the Wizards production. You can find out more at pollard60s.com and on Twitter at pollard60s. If you liked it, then please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You may also enjoy their other podcast, which you can find at trustthewizards.com. Original music by the Malibu Storks. Kika Revelves and Chorizo Garbanzo are currently appearing in Waiting for Godot at the Mail Theatre in Leeds.